Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning because I realize I do in fact swear a lot and I just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom, <laughs> let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm Aiden, I'm your host for this podcast. So, guess what I did yesterday? That's right, I watched a movie, because you know, you guys know I love to watch movies, and I was I was scrolling around on Disney Plus before work, uh, looking to see what I could watch, and I came across uh, that movie uh, that they did, in, I think it was in 1998, about Ruby Bridges. Now, if you don't know who Ruby Bridges is, uh, she was one of the first uh black girls to attend uh, an all-white school, like, she was one of the first kids that got uh, integrated into an all-white school, and, like, I'd seen the pictures, like, online of her um, going to her school, surrounded by the National Guard every day, but, like, I was not prepared for this movie. This little girl went to school every day for a whole ass year with people screaming at her, spitting at her, calling her bad, bad words that we should not repeat, threatening to poison her, to kill her. At six years old, and she went every goddamn day to that school, and that was just, it was crazy, and I think one of the worst parts is in the crowd, they, it's not just adults in this crowd, it is children with their parents repeating these disgusting remarks about this six-year-old girl, and it was just, oh my god, it was such a mind-boggling movie, though I wish it had been, like, made better, like, it was clearly a very low-budget movie, I wish, like, Disney would, like, remake it, but, like, with, like, better quality. The little girl who played Ruby Bridges was, like, Wow, chef's kiss. She was a very good actor for a, like a little six-year-old girl. And also, uh, the woman that got to play Ruby Bridges' mom in the movie looks exactly like Ruby Bridges' real mom. Like, if you look at the colored photos of Ruby Bridges going to school, because there are colored photos of Ruby Bridges going to school, um, and you look at the mom in the movie, there is no difference. Also, I heard Ruby Bridges was still alive, so after the movie, I went to Google her to see how old she was. Guys, she's younger than my grandmother. My grandmother was born in 1950, and Ruby Bridges was born in 1954. And People say we still don't have racism. Like, literally, this integration thing literally happened, like, what? Oh, I can't do math. It happened in 1960. That is not a long time. Ruby Bridges is barely... Wait, sorry. She's only, like, 65, man. She's not that old. And she had to go through all that shit at six years old. Anyway, I digress. It (laughs) It was a very good movie. Alright, enough about my life. Let's get on to the topic at hand. Today we are discussing Isabella of Castile. Now, in America, if you went to school in America, I did not. You guys know I'm Canadian if you've gotten this far. Uh, She's uh, very famous in American history books for funding uh, Christopher Columbus to quote-unquote come to America, even though he didn't actually come to America. He discovered the Bahamas, technically. Uh, She's very famous in there. Uh, we, we don't honestly get the same education about Isabella 
of Castile in the same way Americans might get it. I don't know how she's really taught in American schools, but I imagine that, like, she's just mainly known for funding Christopher Columbus. Um, I promise, I I know she's not a perfect human being, and I am going to talk about uh, the expulsion of the Jews and... Uh, all the stuff she did to the Moorish Muslim people, because I understand that that was bad, and she shouldn't have done that, she's not a perfect human being, but that's not what we're covering in this part, we're going to cover that in the second part, because I could not fit all that into this part. Uh, She was actually really interesting to research, and I'm excited to start, let's get into it. Alright, so Isabel of Castile was born on April 22nd, 1451, in a small village outside of Madrid called, oh no, um, Madrigal de la Atlas Torres, I think that is it. You know, I'm actually taking Spanish in school in the fall, so let, let's hope that my Spanish pronunciations get better from that class, or maybe they'll get worse, we'll see. Anyway, uh, she was the daughter of King John II of Castile and his second wife, Isabella of Portugal. Now, of course, uh, with... Uh, Arisbella being born on the 22nd of April, that makes her Torres. Now, before I went to actually check her sign, uh, the minute I saw 22nd of April, I thought she was an Aries, which I was wrong about. But anyway, I love Aries. My my grandma's an Aries. <laughs> anyway, she's a Torres, so let's talk about their personality, because I don't think we've had a Torres uh, yet. So they are mainly defined by their loving and determined nature. I think that's very evident in Isabella. Uh, in all their relationships, they display loyalty and faithfulness. Uh, while their romantic partners and loved ones appreciate this quality greatly, it may be their determination that people admire the most. When they put their mind to something, there is almost nothing that can stand in the way of their goals. Their determination is so great that they often end up neglecting even their most basic needs when they get in the zone. And that to, that to me just sounds like a lot like Isabella. I believe Torres is represented by the bull, and they're all very bullheaded people, at least the Torres is that I know. Um, Alright, let's actually talk about Izzy's parents, and we're going to start with her dad, John II of Castile. Now, if I had to sum up Izzy's dad and his reign, I'd go with a hard meh. I, I, mean, I mean, honestly, he wasn't really that good of a king. I mean, at the point Izzy was born, he had been king since he was about two years old when his father died. And uh, since then, he had been manipulated by a series of regents, and not to mention uh, John. In Spanish, he'd be Juan, but I'm going to use the anglicized versions of the names because it's just easier for my white ass to pronounce. Anyway, uh, John had little to no power, and his nobles really ruled the kingdom, but the thing was, uh, John was, like, so cool with that. Um, (laughs) All he really wanted to do was go to, like, parties and read poetry, and his court was, like, very artistic and, like, nice and lavish. But governmentally, it wasn't doing really that great. It it wasn't really even much of a monarchy anymore. It was more like a constitutional monarchy. He didn't really do much. Uh, now, I should probably mention that Spain, as it is now, didn't exist back then. It was actually a series of small kingdoms. We talked about this in the... Um, a Catherine of Aragon episode, if you remember. Catherine of Aragon is Isabella of Castile's daughter. Um... So the small kingdoms were Castile, that John was ruling, then there was Aragon, uh, Navarre, which I believe is near France, and France and Spain are always fighting over Navarre, uh, as well as the Muslim Moor territories. And when I say Moor, I'm referring to a black uh, Muslim person, because that's what they were called, and they were in southern Spain, which, like I uh, talked about in the intro, is going to be important later, and we're going to talk about that. 
Now, Izzy's dad was married before Izzy's mom to a lady named Marie of Aragon, and they had a son in 1425, but in 1445, uh, first wife Maria died, and John decided to stay single for a little bit until he was eventually pressured to remarry because his son Henry, at uh, that point when... um, at that point, was in his 20s and had no kids, and people were getting worried about the succession. So, in 1447, John uh, decided to get married to Isabella's mom. As we covered, she is also named Isabella. Um, she was a 19-year-old por- Portuguese princess, and, you know, she she did a great thing. She kind of put John back on track. Um Speaking of those manipulative nobles, he had this uh, favorite named, uh, I believe his name was... Oh, I don't remember his first name. <laughs> Why am I thinking it's Diego? I don't think it's actually Diego. His name was Deluna. Uh, he'd been making John do things for, like, years to enrich himself. And now he was also trying to control Mama Isabella because he thought that she'd be easy to control because she's just this, like, 19-year-old. Like, what kind of willpower does she have? But she was not having it. She waited. She waited very patiently until Deluna messed the fuck up and overstepped himself. And when he did, uh, she was able to convince John to have Deluna arrested and eventually executed. And even though John did exactly what his wife asked, he was devastated when Deluna died. And after this, his health started to decline very rapidly in the coming years. And that would eventually be not a very good thing. Now, before we get into her childhood, I kind of want to talk about her looks just, like, for a real quick second, because, like Catherine of Aragon, uh, she's probably not what you think she looked like. Now, obviously, she is Spanish, and in most interpretations of her, she's portrayed with dark features, dark hair, eyes, and skin, but that could she couldn't have been less like that. She had red hair, pale skin, she was short, she had green eyes, which most of her children inherited, like Catherine of Aragon, we talked about, she was a redhead. And uh, that red hair, actually, they got this uh, red hair coloring from uh, Izzy's grandmother, Catherine of Lancaster, who was an English princess. And that lady is the reason that most of the Tresmartas from that point on, uh, Tresmarta is the house that Isabella belongs to, if you guys didn't know that. Um, so especially the girls have this like red coloring and I believe Isabella was considered very pretty for her time period so like good for her. Now, all right, on to her childhood. Now, like I said when Isabella was born, she had an older brother named Henry who was about 20 give or take 20 or 26 years older than her. She also after her had a little brother named Alfonso who was about 2 years younger than her. And he's going to be important later, I promise. Anyway, right off the bat, her story gets sad because when Isabella was three, her dad unfortunately passed away. See, I told you that declining health was going to be a problem. And her older brother, uh, Henry, ascended the throne as Henry IV of Castile. But there was also a problem here. Henry might have even been worse at this king thing than his dad. Now, Henry had been married to his wife, Blanche of Navarre, for a while. I think it was like a decade or so. And they had no kids together. In fact, people out loud called him Henry the Impotent to his face, and he didn't do shit about it. And even his wife Blanche kept out the rumors, and she would talk about how they had never had sex, and that he was impotent. And to be honest, I think she kind of wanted a divorce too, and they eventually did get an annulment, I believe, like, very quickly after, um, 
Henry ascended the throne. And I actually read in their, like, annulment proceedings that in the uh, documents, a uh, witchcraft was named as a reason that Henry couldn't consummate the marriage. I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Like, a funny little detail that Henry probably had added so that he'd look more manly. Um, now that Henry was king, he decided to be a little bit, little bitch and not follow his dad's will, which stated it stated that he had to provide for his stepmother and his half-brother and half-sister. But instead of being, you know, kind, he ignored this request and because he definitely did not trust his stepmother, who, by the way, was actually younger than him, um, which is all it. Um, he did not trust them at all and he sent them to this castle in this place called uh, Ar- Arvalo? Arvalo. But the thing is, it wasn't really a castle. I mean, it was, but this place was a fortress. It was not built for comfort. It was built for soldiers. The rooms were small, and they had these, like, little slits for windows, because in this medieval time period, fortresses were built with windows so that you could, like, shoot the other guy with arrows, but he couldn't get you. But he couldn't get you. And the, this, this castle was basically a crack house. Okay, you know, I'm actually being a little dramatic about that. It was, it was royal poverty. In, in all sense of the word. Like, they were comfortable, and they, like, kind of had money, but, like, it was, it was, ugh, it was probably, like, so uncomfortable. Um, but on the bright side of this, the guy who actually ran the castle had a daughter named Beatrice, who is a decade older than Isabella. I, I was actually surprised to learn she was a decade older. Uh, than Isabella, so she probably would have been about 10 when she met three-year-old Isabella. But when they met, they became lifelong friends, and I'm so glad that she had a bit of companionship in the crack house castle, other than her mother and her little brother Alfonso, so that, that is good for her. Now, Isabella and her mom and her brother were in this castle for, like, seven years, so from, like, three to ten. And during this time, Mama Isabella went a little... Um, to say the least, uh, the postpartum depression, uh, with both her kids hit her hard. I think especially with her daughter, Isabella. Now, women these days are very lucky that we have a better standing of postpartum, uh, depression and that we have treatment and therapy for it. But back then, uh, you would probably get put in a mental asylum for it. Not to mention, Isabella's mom was a very religious woman. Like, she was very devout, and she really schooled Isabella and Alfonso in religion and instilled the fear of God in them, as I read, like, and I quote, the fear of God. And you are, uh, if you listen to the Catherine of Aragon episode, you can see where Catherine got this. And now you know where Isabella got this. She got it from her mom. Um, I think this, like, really, really affected Isabella's dedication to her religion and really shaped her personality, um, as you will see in this episode. Um, okay, time to get Isabella engaged. Um, now when she was very young, her brother Henry decided that he needed alliances, so Izzy needed to get engaged, and first they tried to engage her to this guy named, uh, Ferdinand of Aragon, uh, which we talked about was another kingdom, but after a while that fell through, uh, in just, like, a few years, like, Henry didn't realize he didn't really need them anymore. Now, like I said, Henry was not that good at this king thing. Uh, he was as met as his dad. Uh, he had a good start at the start. Like, people were like, woo, uh, brand new king, this is gonna be interesting, he's young, and this is gonna be great. 
Um, but it wasn't. And people realized he was exactly like his dad. And not to mention people were questioning his ability to get his wife pregnant. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention he did get remarried after that annulment. So he really needed these alliances to, like, prove something. Sorry. Anyway, uh, those seven shitty years went by for Isabella until her uh, brother, Henry, called her back to live at court, along with her other brother, Alfonso. Uh, Now, side note about this. Unfortunately, Mama Izzy was left at the crack house, uh, so that must have sucked. Anyway, uh, they were going back to court to see their brother, Henry, because uh, that princess he had married was named uh, Joanna of Portugal, who I guess must have been related to Mama Isabella somehow, because they were both Portuguese princesses. So, like, Joanna might have been Isabella's, like, niece or something like that. Anyway, the the Castilian Portugal family trees are all, like, mixed up. Like, it's le- it's a knot. It's not a family tree. Um, now, Joanna of Portugal was pregnant, and Henry was like, yes! But literally no one believed that he actually got her pregnant. I can just imagine him being like, what? I finally did it. I finally got someone pregnant. And you can just see everyone, like, shaking their heads at him, like, no, you didn't, you fucking liar. Um, anyhow, to this day, it's, like, heavily debated on whether or not the kid that was born was his kid. Uh, and the kid was also named Joanna as well, so we're gonna call her Princess Joanna so we don't get her confused or anything with her mom, Queen Joanna. Anyway, now when Izzy got to her brother's court in Segovia, she was added to Henry's wife, uh, Queen Joanna's household, and she was living way better than she did at the crack house. Her education was chef's kiss. Now, let's actually talk about what she was learning, uh, because she had actual teachers this time. She was learning reading, spelling, writing, grammar, history, mathematics, art, chess, dancing, embroidery, music, and, of course, religious instruction, but it probably wasn't as good as her scary religious mommy. Now, like I said, she probably knew all this religious stuff from her mom, and uh, she probably already knew how to read because, you know, she had to read the Bible, of course, so she probably didn't need much schooling in that. But other than that, most of this stuff was very new to her, and it definitely piqued her interest in learning. Later in life, I talk in the Catherine of Aragon episode about how uh, Isabella had a commitment to learning, but we were going to talk about uh, Isabella's commitment to learning probably in the second part. Also, I have to mention she was very popular at court when she showed up. She was like an exemplar exemplary yeah exemplary princess and she was so much contrast to her brother like she was refined and sophisticated and beautiful and just people loved her and she was very charming now when she was 13 uh henry decided to get her engaged once again to this awful guy named alfonso of portugal and he will show up in this story a lot uh, this is his first time being here. So just, like, keep him in mind. And Izzy, when she heard about this marriage proposal, was like, um, yeah, no. Uh, because, one, he was so much older than her. And not to mention, uh, he was very disliking Castile. Um, so she pulled out her Uno reverse card on her brother. And she said, oh, yeah, like, the nobles, the nobles, they have to agree to it. Uh, have to agree to this marriage or else I, I'm not going to do it. And she was very lucky that the nobles were like, yeah, we, we don't like him either. So Henry eventually did drop it. Now, because of uh, 
little princess Joanna's possibly confusing parentage. Like I said, no one really knew she was the king's actual daughter. Some of those pesky nobles decided, hey, you know that Alfonso kid? Uh, Alfonso as in Izzy's brother, not the Alfonso of Portugal we just talked about. Different people. Um, that Alfonso kid is looking like a way better option for King rather than this little girl who we don't even know if she's legitimate. And um, it started a civil war uh, where they def- declared Alfonso King. And by the way, I got to mention little Alfonso was like 10 at this time. Now, this war got bad, and I mean bad. So another engagement came Izzy's way and uh, because of Henry. Now, one of the leaders of the rebels who were fighting against Henry and supporting Izzy's little brother Alfonso, offered that Izzy should marry his brother, this guy named Pedro Pacheco. And once again, Izzy was like, no, this is not an upgrade to the last guy. This this Pedro Pacheco guy was like so much lower in status to her. And he was a lot older than Alfonso of Portugal. And he was also in open rebellion against the crown. So she would So, like, why would she be like, yeah, sure, Henry, I'm totally going to marry this guy. Uh, But Henry was like, but we're going to get so much money if you do this. I really need this. Please. And Isabella was, like, super upset about it. Like, she was very, very angry about this. And she was begging and praying. And so was her bestie, Beatrice, who, by the way, was at court with her. And Beatrice said about this marriage, and I quote, If God will not permit it, then neither will I. And she carried around a knife with her, just in case this Pedro Pacheco guy came to take Izzy away. I mean, she was ready to kill for her best friend. And honestly, you know, same sis, I would totally shank someone for my best friend if they tried to take them away. Um, And I like to think my two best friends would do the same for me. Um, Now, Beatrice's attitude towards this, like, kind of (laughs) reminds me of that vine where the mom asks her kid, like, what do you have? And the kid is like, a knife! And the mom is like, no! And she runs after the kid. I don't know why that just popped into my head, but that's, like, the vine I thought of when I read that. Beatrice did this. I just thought it was funny that she carried around a knife with her. Anyway, as luck would have it, on the way to meet Izzy, this Pedro Pacheco guy, he fucking died on the way. I mean, personally, I do not believe in God, but this is a goddamn miracle if there ever is one, ever was one. And Izzy was so thankful about this, she decided, okay, I don't want to get forced into marriage. I gotta do something about this. So she was ready the next time an engagement came up. Now, back to the Civil War. If you forgot that was happening, because we haven't talked about it in a second. Now, the whole war came to head at this battle called the Battle of Olmendo. Now, no one's really sure who won that battle because both sides said they won. But to be honest, no one really won that battle. I also read Henry showed up to the fight and then bailed a few minutes in because he got scared. And this only kind of tanked his reputation and most people started to flee to Alfonso's side. And Henry got really sick of all the fighting and... Eventually, he just kind of gave up and decided to name Alfonso his heir, provided, of course, that he marry his daughter, Princess Joanna, when she came of age, which is bleh, because 
uh, number one, he's like seven years older than her, and two, because they were uncle and niece, half uncle and niece, but still uncle and niece, and that is just, uh, anyway, but it did smooth everything out for the succession, which is pretty great for Henry, but his wife, uh, Queen Joanna was a little pissed off, so, uh, she decided to leave, I also read that she was banished, uh, I'm not quite sure if she decided to leave or she was banished, but she left in general. And she ran off with this guy and actually had a couple of illegitimate children. It was like this whole thing that happened. So, like, that that's pretty interesting. So, everything was going great. It was fine and dandy and calm and cool. Until it wasn't because in 1461, poor, sweet, darling little Prince Alfonso died at the tender age of 14. Now, it's very likely that he died of the plague, but there were also plenty of rumors that someone killed him with poison, and obviously, it's probably very easy to come to that conclusion Um, after they went through this whole war to get to this point. I mean, maybe someone on Henry's side wanted to start something. I mean, who knows? I also read that people suspected, like, the, the Queen Joanna... The one that ran off and had all those illegitimate children of killing him. It was all pretty crazy. And I I wish I knew how Izzy felt about this. I mean, I talk crap about my brother all the time. But if he died, I'd honestly be really sad about it. And I bet she was too. I can't imagine how close they had gotten in those seven years in that crack house of a castle. And the grief was probably, like, overwhelming for her. But in some slightly concerning news, uh, Izzy had the possibility of being the new heir. And the rebels that were supporting her brother also came to this conclusion very quickly, too. So they decided to go to her and asked her if she would take up the cause with him and be their queen. And Izzy was like, yeah, I'm gonna pass on that. (laughs) Which I think was really good decision on her part. I don't think she wanted to start another war. She was sick of the fighting, too. And I also read that she told them, and I quote, as long as my brother is alive, there is only one reigning monarch. And I don't think that was loyalty to her brother, really, in the sense she was, I think she was just kind of playing the long game and waiting for her chance to be queen, but she didn't want to start a war to get there. So, Isabella and her brother Henry decided, hey, let's meet up and sort all this out in person. And I read this whole long article about this, and I think I had a little bit of trouble understanding it, so I'm going to try and break it down to you in terms of what they agreed on. Now, firstly, they agreed, the war is over, no more fighting, we are done. Secondly, Isabella would be named Henry's heir instead of Princess Joanna, and finally, they agreed that Henry could not force Isabella to marry anyone against her will, but if Isabella did want to get married, Henry had to agree to it before she get married. And it's honestly crazy to me that they were able to come to this very easy compromise with Henry, like, at all. But, like, good for them. Also, I think it's, uh, like, really crazy how, uh... Isabella was able to get Henry to agree that she could get married to anyone she wanted, like, provided that, like, Henry, like, agreed to it. Like, they both had to agree on to it, which it was a freedom not a lot of women got. I also heard that, like, after the, the, like, signing of this treaty, they had, like, a huge party just for the meeting, which honestly sounds fun. I wonder if, like, nobles in this time period just showed up to meetings, not for the politics, but for the food, because... I would. If I was a noble in this time period, I would just show up for the food. Politics? Nah. 
Food? Yes. Anyway, uh, after this meeting, Izzy was sent to the city of Okana to have her own place and her own, like, mini court separate from Henry's where she could do her own thing and, like, be the heir of Castile because, you know, being the heir of Castile has its perks. And she was a huge hit in the city. Like, people loved her. So much, in fact, that when Henry, of course, sent spies to watch her, the people of this city would point out the spies to her just because they liked her so much. They liked her a lot more than they liked Henry. And uh, I I can just imagine them, like, presenting her with a list of Henry's spies as, like, a secret Santa Christmas gift or something. (laughs) I'm sure they didn't do that, because that's weird, but I thought it was funny in my head. Like, I had, like, this funny scenario in my head. Anyway, I also read that they wrote, like, they they wrote songs about her. Well, she was there. Like, can you imagine Izzy with just like a band following her around that sings songs about her all the time? I I think I would probably get a very large ego from that. I think it's funny that they like wrote songs about her. Anyway, marriages, because Izzy needs to get married. So, uh, she decided that uh she needed to get married, and Izzy decided to start shopping around for husbands, and she ha- just had this sudden memory while she was shopping around that she was once engaged to this guy from Aragon, you know, named Ferdinand, and you know, he seemed pretty cool, close to her in age. Um, so she uh <laughs> so she, she suggested him to Henry and Henry was like, No, we've been there, we've done that, you can do better, let's look somewhere else. So they started to look around and a few possible marriage options came up. One was actually Edward the Fourth of England, who would go on to marry Elizabeth Woodville. And by the way, if you remember from the uh Elizabeth of York episode, these are Elizabeth of York's parents. Um, don't listen to that episode, it is such a bad episode. <laughs> um And also, Elizabeth Woodville is definitely going to get her own episode one day because I kind of need to repent for my bad Elizabeth of York episode because I feel so bad about it. Um, The Edward IV uh, thing didn't really work out. But then England was like, whoa, stop right there. Edward has a younger brother named Richard who's a little closer in age to you. uh, And that Richard would eventually go on to be Richard III. And I can't imagine how wild history would be be if those two had gotten married, but, uh, that unfortunately also fell through, and then the French offered, uh, Louis XI's little brother as a prospective husband, but, and that was talked about, like, a lot more seriously, like, people actually thought it was going to happen, uh, but it never did, unfortunately, and finally, guess who heard Izzy was shopping for husbands? None other than that bitch Alfonso of Portugal. Remember him? Gross older dude who wanted to marry Izzy when she was a very little girl? Told you he'd be back, and he is. Uh, now he was really ecstatic, ecstatic uh, about the idea of marrying Izzy, and Izzy was like, no, I already said no. And then she tried to float the idea of that Ferdinand guy again, and Henry was also like, no. So they were kind of at a standstill with this whole marriage thing. And Henry was like, okay, deal over. I'm king. I can do whatever I want. And Alfonso was of Portugal was like, I have a lot of money that I can give you to marry your sister. And Henry was like, sold to Alfonso of Portugal. <laughs> and Isabella was 
very mad about this that he broke the deal with her because like she thought he was actually going to keep it up but Henry didn't care so Isabella took matters into her own hands and she started like rumors around her like little mini court in O'Connor about how in love her and Ferdinand were and how great they would be together and remember those song guys from a few minutes ago well they started to make songs about Izzy and uh, Ferdinand about the relationship and how much Ferdinand was better than Alfonso in every way and I just think that's so cute you know as Queen's podcast said in their episode about uh Isabella I cannot I can imagine the song guys being like Ferdinand and Isabella sitting in a tree k-i-s-s-i-n-g now uh when Henry heard about these rumors that Isabella started uh he actually uh sent guys to arrest her for like treason uh but she got wind of it first probably from the people of Okana and she decided yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go visit my mom, so I won't be there when they try to arrest me. Now Isabella decided, all right, let's do this, and she decided to write a letter to Ferdinand's father, who was the king of Aragon. His name was also John, and he was also the second of Aragon too. So, like, what a coincidence that both Ferdinand and Isabella's dads were both the second Johns in their monarchies. Anyway, uh, she wrote him a letter, basically saying, "Hey." I'm really interested in marrying your son. What do you think? And King John of Aragon was like, ka-ching! There were dollar signs in his eyes because Aragon was broke. And uh, he really needed the Castilian treasury to help him out, which was really good for him. Now, let's actually do a small dive into Ferdinand. Now, if you remember from my Catherine of Aragon episode, I was not his biggest fan. I fucking hate him. Um... (laughs) But I still think it's really important to talk about the guy in relation to Izzy. Now, what's his deal? They actually had really similar upbringings, and they were both very idealistic people in general. Also, his education was stellar, and uh, his parents set up Ferdinand to be a very good diplomat. He was very good at war, and he was just a smart cookie in, like, general. He's very cultured, too, and people respected him a lot. And I think everyone knew he was going to be a good king of Aragon one day, but I'm going to be superficial right now and say he wasn't very handsome, at least according to his portraits. Now, uh, like Queen's podcast talked about in their episode on Izzy, which you should totally listen to, uh, if you haven't. If you like me, you're going to like their show, because, uh, the only reason that I started this podcast was because of them. Um, poor Ferdinand. His portraits looks like really high in one of his portraits. Um, most contemporary sources I read say don't say that he was ugly, but the beauty standards of time period do change, and suppose and I suppose who know maybe he was handsome, but uh, you know different strokes for different folks. I guess I believe as the saying goes. I'm not quite sure. Uh, anyway, Izzy and King John started to work on planning the marriage contract, and they also had to get a papal dispensation. If you don't remember what that is, it's basically a piece of paper from the Pope being like, yeah, you're close, closely related, but don't worry, I said it's okay, which means God thinks it's okay. So they got one of those, and there's also a possibility that the papal dispensation might have been forged so they could get married quicker under Henry's nose. And I believe the future Pope Alexander VI did that for them, because uh, he was a cardinal at this time, he's also Spanish. Spanish, so he helped them out with that. So Isabella, in an attempt to go and get married to Ferdinand, uh, she lied to Henry by telling him that, I, I read two stories, that she was either going to go visit her brother's tomb, 
uh, or that she was going to go visit her mother, and I believe they were actually in the same place. I believe Alfon- little baby Alfonso was uh, buried in next to the crack house castle, like somewhere near there. <laughs> so she said that. Um, but she was actually headed to go and get married, and, uh, Ferdinand was also sneaking around. He snuck over the border dressed as a peasant, and I read he rode a donkey all the way, which was a very dangerous journey, and they could only travel at night so they wouldn't get caught, and it must have been such a long, uncomfortable journey on that donkey. I can't even sit in a car for a few hours, but a few days on a donkey, oh, that must have sucked. But lucky for everyone, they did eventually make it. And Ferdinand and Isabella got to, like, hang out for a week and, like, get to know each other before they got married. And it's said that they were inseparable, like, right off the bat. They got along so well, which was good because, you know, marriage in this time period, and, you know, most cases, was a very much lifelong commitment. It wasn't always very easy to get divorces. Now, uh, they were finally married on October 19th, uh, 1469, in the town of... Oh, Valladoid? Valladoid. That that sounds, like, vaguely Swedish. I don't know why. Uh, which, uh, fun fact, is actually the same town Christopher Columbus would die in 37 years later. That's not important. I just thought it was an interesting coincidence when I was researching, uh, this town. Now, their wedding was so cute. It was, like, actually, like, a really simple wedding, you know, since it was secret at all. And neither of them really had a lot of money. But thanks to the nobles of the town of Valladoid, uh, they threw them a wedding. Because, you know, they just liked them so much. But... Unfortunately, very quickly after the wedding, uh, Henry hears about it and he was like, what the fuck? I told you no. And Izzy was like, oops, we're, we're already married and we already had sex. We already consummated the marriage. I can't undo that. Sorry. Bye. So um, Henry was like, in a big fuck you to Izzy, he was like, uh, he decided to rename his daughter Princess Joanna heir. But the problem with that is he didn't put it into law when he did it. Like, he made no no succession acts. Like, think of Henry VIII. When, when he got a new wife, he always made a new succession act to tell people who was going to succeed him. But this Henry, Henry IV, didn't do that. <laughs> he took no action when he said, I'm going to make my daughter queen. He made no action to make that legally binding. Uh, he also decided just because he could to engage his little daughter who was younger than Isabella to guess who. If you guess creepy Alfonso of Portugal, you would be right, which is gross because I believe they were also closely related. And two, I believe Joanna Little Princess Joanna at this time was like 10 years old tops. <laughs> and Alfonso at this point was in his late 40s. So, but in good news for Izzy, about a year after the wedding in 1470, Izzy gives birth to her first baby and it's a girl. And guess what they name it? Isabella. Because of course they did. So we're going to call her Princess Bella from now on so we don't get confused with our main girl Izzy and her daughter Bella. Now this was great because she was showing the country what she could do. They knew she could be a good leader but she now also proved that she could give, give her country or kingdom I guess healthy heirs where her brother hadn't maybe. <laughs> um, but then uh, war 
Ferdinand's dad uh, gets caught in a war with France, and he's, he's like, oh yeah, I can help. And she sends her fa- father-in-law troops to help, and Ferdinand was like, hey dad, she's helping us. You think we can help her? And he's like, yeah, we love her. She's awesome. And at the same time, uh, Henry invites Izzy to his castle, but Izzy's not dumb, you know. She doesn't go because she thinks it's an obvious trap. But at the same time, she's also getting info from her old friend Beatrice, uh, at who, by the way, at this point, was married to the governor of the city that Henry was in. And uh, she told Izzy that if something was going on, that she would know about it. So, like, you should definitely come back here and, like, make up with Henry. And Izzy agrees because she trusts Beatrice. And... Like, a lot. <laughs> so she goes and rolls up with a posse, which is bougie as fuck. And Henry was like, can you pledge loyalty to my daughter? And Izzy's like, yeah, sure. But she's lying through her teeth about it. <laughs> but Henry thinks he's, like, totally one. He's like, yeah, I did it. I'm king. Woo! But, uh... <laughs> but at least for Izzy, um... She's got Henry off her back for now, which is good for her. Now, a few years pass without problems, other than Ferdinand being off at war. Nothing's really wrong. I also read, like, at this, on in these last few years, Henry was going, like, a little bit... Uh, I read that he might have been bipolar, um, because some days he'd be like, oh, I love my sister, and other days he'd be like, let's kill her! Um, so I don't really know what's going on there. I, they definitely wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to diagnose bipolar disorder. He might have had it. Um, and then finally, on the 11th of December, 1471, at the age of 49, he died. (laughs) And Izzy was like, all right, everyone, he's dead. Go, 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 And she got herself crowned faster than you can say Castile. Uh, since, uh, Henry left no will, because this guy has a problem with, like, putting things into law and writing shit down, which is, like, important if you're king, so, like, people know what you're doing. He didn't do that. Uh, so Izzy had, like, every right to just go ahead and, uh, take the crown for herself. Now, her coronation was on December 13th, and if you remember, her brother died on December 11th. That is literally two days later. That is some fast planning. So I imagine she knew what she wanted already. She probably had her dress and her flowers picked out and, you know, the crown she wanted to wear. Uh, Like like Queen's podcast said, she probably had her Pinterest board already (laughs) for this. Now, she gets crowned and anointed and it's a rousing success. People are all happy about it. But meanwhile, while this is happening, Ferdinand is still off warring and he gets word that his wife has been crowned and he's told, surprise, your wife is queen, but you aren't king. And he was like, um, I'm not what? So he storms back to the castle, wondering what the fuck is going on. And he's like, okay, calm down. It's fine. I promise. Here's what we're going to do. I will treat you as an equal, but I need people to recognize my authority here. Because what if our daughter succeeds me? I need to show people that women can inherit. And Everything will be fine. And Ferdinand was like, you're right. So he dropped it. But there was, there was still a problem. <laughs> 
because um princess joanna was still alive and her people uh the people around her was like no she's queen and they were not happy about izzy's coronation so creepy king the creepy king of portugal was like um that's my wife's kingdom i believe they had gotten married or like were planning on getting married at this point he was like that's my wife's kingdom <laughs> it reminds me of that john mulaney stand up here where you know he's like that's my wife anyway uh he was not happy about it so he was like i'm gonna get that back for her and now they were at war Oh, look at that. We got to another war. And, you know, it's Izzy's war, first war as a newly minted monarch. And I think this is probably a great place to leave y'all in suspense for a week while I work on part two of this episode. I know it's probably going to be agony for you to find out what happens. I suppose you could just Google it, but, or maybe you could just wait for the next episode. So, uh, thanks for listening to part one of this episode. Bye. Alright guys, thanks for listening. Uh, If there's a certain thing that you want to hear, just like hit me up on uh, Twitter at LongMaySheRain2. The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2, just so you know that. Um, Thanks for listening guys, bye!